Father, we thank you for today, God. We thank you that we have the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that you're here among us, Lord. You said you never leave us or forsake us, Father. Father, you give us promises in your word. You show us what to do, where to go, how to do it, and everything in this walk, Father. We just ask you, Father God, as we exalt you today, we exalt your word, we exalt your presence, we exalt your spirit, we exalt your gifts, we exalt one another in you, God. Father, we thank you, Father God, as we are nothing without you, but in you we have all things, all provision, all all life is in you. All life is in your blood. All life living is in your bread, God. Living is in your precious water, God. Father, teach us to, 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 to lean on you, to, 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 to reach for you, to, to, to get everything we need from you, Father God. Because everything else is just a broken cistern. Everything else will run dry. Everything else is just temporary, Father. But you have all things for eternity. In you is life. In you is breath. In you is eternity. Father, we thank you that you are the bread of life. Jesus, we ask you to teach us how to abide in you. And everything that comes out of you will be manifested through us in our lives, Father God. No matter what season we are in, it'll be a fruitful season. No matter what time we're in in this world, your church will blossom with the fruits of the Holy Spirit and we will be like a mighty army, God. Strengthen in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's message is called, Come to Me. Come to Me. We're all familiar with this passage with Jesus in Matthew 11, chapter 11. In these two verses, after dealing with the Pharisees and dealing with the things and all the time, because many people want to go back and hide themselves in religion or tradition or think that what they do in the flesh is going to satisfy them in the inward man, but it doesn't happen that way. Jesus came to show us a better way. He came to show us how we can rest. He came to show us how we can abide. He came to show us how we can make it to the end without being moved, without being shaken, without being filled with, with witchcraft and, and, and our minds and, 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 our, and have fear overtake us. He shows us the way. Jesus said, come to Him. Come to Him. Matthew eleven twenty eight and 30 says, Come unto Me, all you that labor. And is He saying that you're never going to labor again? All that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is a promise. This is a, a, a word in red letters that He says to us. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Rest unto your souls. See, many people are trying to find rest in so many different places. They want to find rest in their business. They want to find rest in a day. They want to find rest in other people. They want to find rest, which we can divert it or change it over to peace. They want to find peace in people, places, and things. But the only peace and rest we can have is in Him. So we have to learn or understand 
or tap into the rest of God. Tap into the peace that surpasses all understanding. Because this is said, these things to us, but we need to obtain them. We need to live in them. We need to manifest it in our lives. Because if He said it, it's the truth. And if it's the truth, then we need to abide in that truth. Take upon my yoke upon and learn from me. See, we need to learn from Him, not from a man, not from uh, traditions, not from legalists, not from this or that, not from professors with the Antichrist spirit, not from this one or that. We need to learn from Him. And who is He? He's the Holy Spirit now. Who is He? He's inside of us. Who is He? He's the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us, but He's also the written Word, but breathed upon it by the Holy Spirit. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he has a yoke, but it's easy. He has my burden, but it's light. See, the problem is we have our own burdens. We, we produce our own burdens. We make up our own burdens. We, we, we put these burdens upon us that either if it's not put on by Christ, then maybe it's not a burden of Him. Maybe we put on the burden of Christ, but we try to do it apart from Him. See, a lot of burdens we have are originally from Christ, but now we're trying to do them on our own strength and our own merit and our own way. See, when you begin to do things your way, even though it was His design or it's even written in the Word, it becomes draining and it becomes makes us begin to get tired or weary. The Bible says, Do not be well weary in the proper time you reap a harvest if you do not faint. Do not be weary in doing good. Well, He's good and everything we do in and out of from Him is good. This is not a one-time scripture for acceptance of Christ. Many people just say, oh yeah, that, His yoke is but they don't. But then you look at, and you know that that's not happening. So if He said it and if it's a one-time thing, then what's the problem? So we run to things, people, places, and things, but we find no rest. We think our rest is if this changes or that changes, or, but the only rest is if we're in, in agreement with the changing of our hearts in Him. We run to things like vacation, sabbaticals, we just plain check out for a while. We think we're getting rest, but we never, nothing happens. Because a rest is not a place. It's not in what we do. It's not even, you can be laying on your bed doing nothing for a week and not be resting. Okay, so it's not something physical. It's something eternal. It's something more than that. See, everything of the Old Testament was physical. Like they would just shut, try to shut down a day and do nothing, but there always something would come up anyway. They, they'd have to do, and then they'd try to rest again. But if your mind's not at peace, it doesn't matter what your body's doing or not doing, it's, the rest is in your, in your soul. It's inside of you. This is the rest that he's speaking of. And then religion wants you to try to just relax. Well, the Sabbath was made not for God, but for man. But Jesus was also, Jesus 
is our eternal rest. So we end up running to things or changing things, but never finding rest. And many people want to find peace. And well, if, you know, if I lose weight, I'll be happier. And they want to change peace into happiness. But happiness is not peace. You can be happy, but that's just temporary. Peace is eternal. So, that was in the law. And we had before Christ... We lived and were accepted by the works of the flesh. So the flesh had, had a day or has a day. That was the number seven. God made man on the sixth day. And on the seventh day he rested. Well, does God ever rest? I mean, is he really resting? Or is he just allowing everything is already finished. The Word has been written. He has done it. But He's not resting. He's doing things all the time, right? But He's doing them in the finished work of the cross. He's doing them in the Spirit. See, there's no striving in the Spirit. There's no trying in the Spirit. There's no uh, resisting in the Spirit. All these things are in the flesh. Because he made flesh on the sixth day, but on the seventh day he rested. So Jesus became all things that were done in the flesh. He fulfilled them in and by the Spirit that we might be able to live in this rest, in this peace. For he is the what? The Prince of Peace. So in Him we live out, or we live live in or out of Him. That's our decision. We're not talking about a if you're saved or not. Are you are you resting? Are are you resting because faith gets produced out of resting? When you have faith, that means you're not. You're believing. And if you're believing, you must be resting. Hebrews 4, 1-10 says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into His rest, a promise being left us, it's a promise, entering to His rest, that any of you should seem to come short of it. Well, I tell you this especially the times that we're living in, the things that we're hearing, the things that we're seeing, the things that are coming on the world, um, it's not easy to rest, especially in your mind, because thoughts overtake us. Thoughts, thoughts begin to try to come in our mind and make us focus. And these thoughts produce witchcraft, and the witchcraft produces uneasiness or un unable to rest. No matter if you're sleeping, you can not be resting. Your body might be shut down, but your soul is not at rest. Your soul is not at peace. But Jesus promises to give us rest. For unto us the gospel is preached, as well as unto them that the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith 
for them that heard it. So now they hear, we hear the word, but we have to mix it with faith. It has to come in together into agreement with faith. People say, oh, they, people say this all the time. Sure, sure, I'm arrested because they see it written, but really they're not living it. So if they're really not living it, although it is true because the Bible says it and the Bible doesn't lie, but are they receiving the benefits of the cross? Are they receiving the benefits of the promises? Are they receiving what Jesus said? Are they actually, is it manifesting? Because fruits have to manifest from the vine. Unless... Other things are happening. Being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So there has to be a mixture of faith. Remember he said, do not be just a doer, uh, be a, a hearer only of the word, but be a doer. A doer of the word means one that puts the word to action. Faith. And these things come together. It's like a recipe of, of, of the kingdom. Belief, faith, um, and, and, and we're going to see that right here. And it says this. And to find rest from their word, uh, see, and, and, and walk, for they which have believed do enter into his rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, for they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day on the wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. But we know he's always doing something. So what does that mean? Well, we have to have the Holy Spirit to understand what it means. And some people try to understand things by the carnal mind or by their religiosity or by their traditions or by the old covenant. But we have a new covenant in Christ Jesus. Many people want to make it all the same covenant again, but why would he call it a new covenant in his blood? See, why would they say the old is decaying and the new is renewing? But then they want to make you a hybrid kind of Christian and you want to hold on to the things, hold on to this. So you're mixing in and it's mixed. Everything's mixed. That's why they didn't mix even the clothes. They didn't mix the seeds. They didn't mix the word. It was all had to be one way because God was trying to point to a new day, a new creation, a new time where we will become and be able to enter into His rest because Jesus said on the cross, it was finished. What does it mean? We don't do anything? Of course not. We have so much to do. But now, because of Him, we can do it in Him. That's why the Scriptures say, in Him we live and breathe and have our being. But so if we get out of Him, then we get out of the rest out of his rest. It's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week resting, 365 days a year. And if some want to call it the Sabbath, but he, he's all things. In him were all things. In him, he said, take upon you my yoke, not the yoke of the world, not the yoke of religiosity, not the yoke of your own making, but my yoke and it's easy, and my burden is light. So why are so many so heavy? Because they've mixed yokes. They've mixed burdens. They've mixed seed. And they're not taking on, the going in and getting it from Christ. Then it says this, In a certain place on the seventh day, and he did rest on the seventh from all his works, and 
this is a place again, this in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. So you can't believe. See, unbelief is the opposite of faith. He said, receive these things, take these things by faith. It, it, earlier I just said about being mixed with faith. Everything we do has to be mixed with faith and the Word of God. See, you cannot mix it with doubt and unbelief. You cannot mix it with your ways. You cannot mix it with your will. You see, the answers are all here, but we have to believe and mix everything that we do in belief. Because if we believe, we shall see. So, there remained unto therefore, they whom was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limited, he limited a certain day, saying in David today. After so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you hear my voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward had spoken of another day. He remains, therefore, therefore remaineth a rest to the people of God. It doesn't say when we die. This is for now. Jesus rested. He was always doing something. He was at peace. Right? He was walking in the Spirit. That's basically where our peace is. It's in the Spirit. For he that entered into his rest, he also ceased from what? His own works. Didn't mean we don't do any works. He ceased from his own works. His own traditions. We cease from our own striving, our own works. As God did from his. Do you realize the difference from, from doing the difference from doing everything we do with Him or without Him. There's a big difference doing all the things we do with Christ or doing all the things we do without Christ. See, that's the problem. You might be doing everything that Christ told you to do, but now you, you just left Him down the road a while ago because now you're doing it and then you don't understand why everything's so hard or why you don't enjoy it or why it's become striving or it's become heavy or it's become a burden or you don't enjoy it because you're doing it without Him. Because anything that He has you do, especially advancing the kingdom, raising your family, doing this, employment, whatever it might be, you can do it in rest. You can work probably 80 hours a week in His rest and not even be tired. <laughs> But when you do 20 hours a week and you're not with Him, you're going to be beat down, broken down, busted, disgusted, and tired. See, there's a rest to the children of God. You can do anything you're doing, but without Him, you will be, one will be drained. Because what is it? It's the life. Because when we begin to do anything in the world without the life, that's why He created a day that they needed to rest because He didn't want them to go all the time without resting their body and being able to. But now Jesus becomes our rest seven days a week, 24 hours a day, all the time. But we have to receive that rest by faith. We have to take it by force. We have to maintain it by the obedience of the cross. So there's a simple... It should be so simple, but we've made it so 
because we turn religion, we turn Christianity into steps or programs or daily confessions when it's it's none of that. It's a abiding. What do you be rested when you're when you're fully rested? You're in fullness of faith, hope, and love. What word comes out of, or what word uh, starts in restored? Rest. Restored. God just showed me that when I was putting this message out. Rest. Stored. He restores my soul. And everybody thinks that what happened the day they got saved. But well, how come you look like a mess? How come you're so, you're, you're so... Because you're not letting Him restore your soul because you have no faith that He's going to do it and you have no faith and you're trying to do it. And so you put yourself under the law by trying to do this or that or pray this or that or say this or that or don't do this and that. And all those things might be good. But they're not going to give you rest unless you're in Him. And He's leading you to do certain things. So when He leads you to do certain things, you just do them. They're not like you're waking up and looking at this big list and agenda that you have to do. Then all of a sudden, you get halfway through it and you're tired. And then the next day, you try to finish the second half. You live in His rest. So when we we try to do, because He's not going to have us do the things that we're doing without Him Helping us and giving us rest to do it. And because somebody says, Oh, it must not be him. No, maybe it is him. You just gotta get gotta go back and grab him and start doing it with him again. Because you're doing it without him. Okay? So here we go. It's like, well, he'll never leave me. What are you talking about? He'll never leave me or forsake. He didn't leave you. You left him three weeks ago, right there, and you started doing everything without him. He's still there. He never left you. Go back. He's right there where you left him. Oh, what do you mean? Well, it said, I'll never leave. means he's not going to leave you. So he's right there. And he's always right there. It's not even where you left him. Maybe you were in another country. You don't have to go back to the other country. You just got to go right there in that place. It's not a place. Although it probably happened because you're in this world. It probably happened it, at one time when you got so, you know, when you got so entwined with doing instead of being, or unbelief, or murmuring and complaining, whatever got you out of the rest, you know, it's always stepping out and then all those other things happen. It doesn't happen in Him. So it drains the life out of you. One... We rested and were full of faith, hope, and love. So the word restored is His promise. You cannot restore yourself. But you can have faith again that He will. And maybe sometimes you just got to sit down a minute and just focus on Him. But it's faith in Him. Even in the midst of a storm, Jesus was sleeping in the boat. And He hadn't even yet gone on the cross yet because He was living in 
what he created us to live like too. And that's where we want to get to, right? To we all become in the full measure and stature of Christ. And then what will happen is you could be working 60 hours a week and be so rested. And then God might say, what are you doing? You need to rest over here and do some other things. You know, that cannot be an idol. So then he leads you, right? Because you're living led by the Spirit. So then when you, don't, when you start to do things your own way, then you begin not to rest. So basically, you probably won't be working six hours a week because he doesn't want that to be part of your... But I'm saying you could do that and be resting if it was his will. There's a difference. People want to do their will, and I'm going to get into this a little bit more later, and they want to rest in his will. That's called freaking stuff. You can't be the head of your life in Him too. That two head, double head is a free. Go look at anything with two heads. God never created anything with two heads. And if He did, it was a mistake. It was over the, out of the curse. It was out of witchcraft or things. Because you say, okay, well, this person had Siamese. It was not normal. God creates everything and it's good. So, He says, in what we're doing then we begin to get discouraged, tired, worn out. Why? Because we're not doing it in rest. And these things, they begin to steal your peace. And these are some of the things right here that I wrote down. Hidden expectations. Your own expectations inside you that God never told you to expect out of people, places, and things. Those will steal your rest. Because when those expectations aren't happening, you lose your peace. And when you begin to lose your peace, you begin to try in your flesh to make those things happen. So then you're doing works of the flesh, whether they be good or bad. Hidden expectations. Some of your expectations, nobody even knows about them but you. But you're making them an idol. You're making them your God. You're making them part of... And then all of a sudden you start believing that that's God's plan. And that's God's will. And that's the way because you have been believing and wanting something so... Or trying to do it in your flesh for so long that basically you just... You know how you do something for a while, you just say, oh, this is what I was supposed to do. Like people, supposed to be here or be over there, and they go over here, and they know for a while, oh, that was, I'm in the wrong. But eventually, they forget. And it becomes their truth, or their way, or, or something that God told them, and God never said it. See, when we put people, places, and things, and we want to change people and places and things around us, we're thinking that's the solution. But really, we can't change nothing. We can't even change ourselves. And we can't even change... You can change your address, you can change your job, but you can't really change anything. Like, you're just... It's like, you can change your underwear too. But it doesn't mean you're, anything's really changing. Because change is eternal. Change is only done by God, the change that you're really looking for. People to change. People to be better. For, to have a better this, to have a better that. But to have a better this and to have a better that, 
it all starts within you. The kingdom of God is within you. See, that's what it says. When you allow God to change you, then everything around you starts changing. Why everything changed when you got born again? Because something happened inside of you. Everything didn't change around you. You changed. And then you started to see everything different. And as you began to see everything different, you began to go a different way and you began to see rightly. And then later we start walking. Then we all of a sudden want to start changing things. Or God tells us something and then we want to try to make it happen. Well, God said, I'm going to have a husband. And then they look, try to find one or a wife. And they're every, everything that moves, they're, and they're never resting. If He said something, rest. And it, and it happens. If He said it, but sometimes we don't even know what He said because we say it, or we read things in the Logos and we try to make them our rhema when our rhema is only personal and our Logos is general. We take the Logos and we make it our rhema and then all of a sudden we, it becomes a word for us. But my name ain't Abraham. <laughs> my name is who God gave, or who, not God gave me, the name that I got on this earth. So when he says that directly to me, then that's my word personally. Then I got to believe that he's going to bring it to pass. But he, I'm telling you what, he doesn't like to bring in. He won't bring anything to pass out of his rest because he's not there. Everything that manifests in every good and perfect thing comes from him. So we need to be in him to get it. And then we're trying to find peace out of him too. And then you got to be in him to get it. So we began to say, well, God told me this, and I'm going to be a millionaire. And then they just start to do everything to make money. And then it's like, wow, if he said that, then you don't have to just pray, rest, and see when. And then when it happens, write it down, and it happens. But then if it doesn't happen, then all these things that he even told you can become an idol in your life. I'm going to have... This, that's what happened, right? Then Ishmael, 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 right? Okay, so Abraham had a promise. But what did he do? He didn't rest. He tried to help God. And look at the mess now. That's what the flesh will produce. Messes. The flesh will produce striving. No peace. Do you know how many, how much peace their marriage have to, after that striving to make something happen that wasn't really, um, it wasn't really, Pure from God, it was not real. So what ends up what ended up happening? Strife, fights, jealousy. This is what happens when we begin to try to make these things happen in our life. And then we start questioning God. Right? Abraham and said, Oh, you sure? Well, was it that way? Maybe I'm supposed to do it this way, or maybe I need to do that, or you know what? And then we do things, and then we're like, oh my God, there's no turning back. Thank goodness for grace, though, right? But there's no turning back sometimes. We, we do things because we're trying to make things happen. We're trying to make things better, and we're trying to do things. But God, all those things are in Him. Everything's in Him. In Him, we live and breathe and have our being. So if we have our being in Him, if everything comes out of Him, we cannot have any fruits without Him. I don't care how, how fruitful you you, you've practiced fruits, <laughs> but there's no practical fruits because once the pressure comes, once the sun comes out, once, once the life starts flowing to it, 
eventually the fruits were the way because you just can't manifest them because you're, you're striving. So God wants us to rest. These things steal your peace and your rest. All these things do. Because they're anti-love and anti-cross. What is our most problem is we resist the cross and we cannot love because we're putting our, 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 our self before the cross. We're not denying ourselves. So if you're denying yourself, then you're actually waiting on God to do everything that you're not trying to do yourself and you're doing it unto others. So when you begin to try to make things happen, like change others, then what ends up happening is you begin to get out of and you out of the rest of God and, and you begin to start striving, even though it could be good. Oh, the person needs deliverance. The person needs healing. The person needs to be saved. And you get out of rest because it becomes, ah, I got to send them a scripture. I got to go drop die. I got to go pray. I gotta, and it's like, you're not God. And we begin to try to be our own God and try to do our own things in our own way. And there's no rest in that. This is why God's making war on religion. Because there's no resting in religion. So we do what? Do this, do that. Don't do this, don't do that. If I do this, I do this, I go to sleep now, I do this, I pray this way, I do it this way. That's not resting. You know, how do you rest? Well, I'm going to pray every, you know, 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 9 o'clock. Well, you're going to miss a couple days. Something's going to happen. And then you're going to, and you're going to be striving never to do that again because you're going to put false condemnation on you that was never put there by God. It goes on and on and on. So when one begins to come out of God's rest, they begin to want to isolate. It's a delusion of isolation. Without repentance and the cross, this means you're all alone, but He still loves you. But His presence is not there. You're all alone, but you're lonely. You're all alone, but you're offended. You're all alone, but you're angry. And he says, I'm going to get with God, but you can't with those things. God's not going to be there when you carry your anger in isolation. He's not going to be there when you carry your, your will in isolation. He's not going to be there. Some people take this and like, I'm not going to leave. And they're striving. You're alone in that atmosphere, in your mind, in your, own, in your opinions, is witchcraft from the devil. Because you can be all alone doing nothing and be tormented and alone and just can't stop thinking of things, thinking, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? When is this going to, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? Is this, and all of a sudden, you're going nuts. But you're not really doing nothing. You said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut in with the Lord and you're shutting in with the devil. You're shutting in with yourself. You can't shut, your life should be a shut in. That's all religion. Enter His rest means you do everything in Him. And if things don't go right, you're still at rest with it because you're trusting Him. You're ceasing from your own works and, and trusting Him. And if it doesn't go the way you want, you're saying it's going to still happen. I don't know how He's going to turn it around. So you begin to get moved by your emotions instead of love by your environment and mindsets. 
by the way you're seeing things and not Christ. You gotta ask God, what do you, how do you see this, Holy Spirit? How do you see this? Let me see it how you, because I know what I see, but maybe that's not what you see. But when you're in His rest, you start to see things different too. You get, you get moved by your entitlement mindsets because you haven't had your mind fully renewed. You still believe you have rights, but in Christ, you have no rights, but you have everything. And everything begins to be right. You can give up your rights to be for his to be right with him. It's a whole different thing. Anyone fighting the cross is fighting their freedom. And everybody thinks the cross is unbearable. It can't be, but it's where your rest in peace is because the cross is where you die. And he actually lives. Because when he rose from the cross, you rose with him, right? We were crucified. But you have to live the crucified life to actually live, really live your life. So we want to hold on to this life, but live the God life. It, 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 that's the mixture. That's the spiritual mixture that you're trying to do that's it's making you strive. When God sees you trying to allow Him to let you, Him change your heart, your ways, He'll start changing people, places, and things all around you. People will seem different, but really they're not. It just doesn't, it's just different for you. Because He said, when your ways please Him, even He'll line up everything around you to make your life better. He'll align everything around you to make you have more peace. Because you're in Him and, and things don't shake you or bother you. You see the difference? Oh man, I gotta go to work, but man. Oh, I hope this person's not there. So it ends up being like this person now is gonna be the thing that actually directs your day. You'll be saying, Oh man, oh, someone didn't show up to work. Oh, well, thank goodness. I'm gonna have a better day today. We said it. Or, or, and you know what? You're probably that person for somebody else too. I'm, I'm sure, because we're not perfect. So, all of a sudden, we, well, I hope that person gets fired and say, hey, man, I hope that, man, God, you know what? That person shouldn't affect me because I'm called to love. I'm called to pick up my cross. I'm called to be dead to things and my emotions in my way, in, in the environments of this, in, in the shaking. So you know what? If that person's bothering me, God, then help me. Help change me. Help Make me better. Help that not to affect me. Take that thorn out of my... Don't take the thorn out of my flesh. Make me that I don't even feel the thorn anymore. <laughs> the thorn don't even bother me anymore. What? I got thorns in my flesh? Well, because I'm not in the flesh anymore. So that thorn in my flesh, whether it be this or that or this or that, that thorn in my flesh don't hurt me no more. Those, those, those... You know, those lashes, those things, they don't hurt me. I don't feel them anymore because I'm in His rest. So we see that about wanting to change this or that. And God's like, you're not ready. And He says, even when my ways 
and yours this promise says when your ways please the Lord even your enemies will be at peace with you does your enemies really change or did God change something else or did he change the situation did he even get you out of the situation see the things that you're wanting just end up happening because your ways please him and the promises must manifest in him right well if your enemies are at peace with you then he changes their heart for you you can't do it for him. And this all happens at the cross. Anyone resisting the truth is resisting the bread of life. So no need. No bread, no life. Just simple. No bread, no life. Y'all can just say, no, no bread, no life. So why? Well, I'm saved. No bread, no life. So why can't? So why can't we not eat? It's right there, but we push it away. He's always there, right? Never leaves you or forsakes you. But you either pushed him away or you walked away. He sets the table before in presence of my enemies. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Want what? A new job, a new boss, a new life. I knew this, I knew that, I knew friends, I knew this, I knew heart, I knew, I knew. You're want, 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 because you think what you want is going to make everything better, but the only thing that makes us better is Him. Only Him. And because he, he says it. Because if we want, because we want to eat what we like to eat. Sorrow. Our own righteousness. Resentment. Entitlement, pride, right? All those are anti-cross. So when we want to eat that, that's not hit life. We say, okay, push the bread, the fresh bread. You know, it's just out of the ovens, and we eat that old wonder bread. Well, I wonder if I eat this soggy old bread full of preservatives it's probably made two weeks ago it's in a bag it's been on the shelf a couple days too you know it crumbles when you eat it but I want this because it's I just wonder if I do it my way if I eat my own bread that you know with all the preserves all the yeast and all the stuff in it that makes us not spiritually well because Jesus is our spiritual wellness that because I wonder that wonder bread goes in and out the other end and we're still in want. John 6, 26-28 Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, You seek me, not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perish, but for the meat which endures unto everlasting life which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him has God the Father sealed. Then he said unto them, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? What shall we do? Do you say rest? And then he goes from up above. He's, he's saying, You're seeking me because of my, my long preaching you know not because of the miracle of the bread and then you ate that bread but you are seeking me 
because of that bread, which he's saying right here, you did eat the loaves and were filled. But he's talking about the words. They were seeking him because he had the words of life. And they wanted more words of life until they realized that those words of life had a cost or were not easy or it became hard. And then they decided, well, maybe we'll go back and eat the wonder bread again. Right? The bread of made by man. Jesus said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on Him whom He has sent. They said therefore to Him, What sign shall they, thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat in the desert, and it was it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not the bread from heaven. Oh. Moses gave you not the bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am. That's it. I am. It's very simple. The whole gospel in one, two words. I am. I am life. I am eternity. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. I am. That's what he said, I am. I mean, if we didn't have to need so much help every week, we should just meet and say, the Lord says, I am. Let's worship. Very simple. But no, we need to be open up because we need to actually let God take us into our own lives and understand that where we're getting off track. But He is, I am. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. Why is everybody so hungry? He that believeth on me shall never thirst. Why is everybody so thirsty? Right? Is he a liar? But I said unto you, They that, that also have seen me and believe not. Also the Father giveth me, all them that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will no wise cast out. So right there, is, is that a work? It's only work if you have gotten away from him. But it's not really a work because he's right there. It's faith. How do we come to him right now when we cannot see him? We come to him by faith. We reach him by faith. The woman with the issue of blood actually went to Jesus, but it was her faith that reached him, really. Because many people reached him, but he didn't reach back. I came down from heaven not on my own will, but the will of him who sent me. There's the key right there. He said, anyone that comes to me, I will not cast you out. Then he says, what? You've got to have faith. You've got to believe. And my Father whom has sent me, giveth me, and I should lose nothing. 
but should raise it up on the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. Well, this is our promise. But he's also promised us that we can rest in this life. And I will raise him up on the last day. And the Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is this that he say, said, I came down from heaven? Because he came out of Mary, but he came with the spirit inside of him that came from heaven. And that same spirit that came down in the upper room on all of us that believe. So that bread and that well and that everything is inside of us. So really he never leaves you, forsakes us, but you can just pretend he's not even there anymore because you're doing your own thing. Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourself. No man can come to me except the Father has sent them or draw, sent me draw him. And I will raise him up in the last day. It is written in the prophets and all that he taught by God, every man has heard and has learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man has seen the Father, save he which is of God. He has seen the Father. Verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me has everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness, and they are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that a man shall eat and never die. Remember Jesus said, We shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, that's the bread from heaven. That's His words. That's His, his way. And that we have to have faith to people say, Well, I know the word, but are you doing the word? In other words, are you activating the word in faith in your life? And are you submitting to that word when you know that you're not? In other words, you know you're convicted and you're not doing His will or what He wants, but you want to... Tell him to bless it anyway. And then you're not in rest. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat this bread, he shall, he sh he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give him is my flesh, and I will give him, give him for the life of the world. And the Jews therefore stove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then see carnal thinking. Then the Jews there, and, and Jesus said unto them, Verily I say, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. This is a minute, daily hour. We've got to do this all the time. We don't just stop doing it when we say a prayer and say we're saved. That's the problem. People take this and say, I, But they have no life. You look at them, they look very tired, very worn out. Because they're not being refreshed. They're not allowing the restoration or they're not in the restoration, or they're apart from the restorer. Right? And he said, If you abide in me, and my word abides in you, you shall bear fruit, and your fruit that will remain in every season. If you abide in me, and my word, my bread, my word, my bread, my water, my drink abides in you, right? Then you shall, what is some of the fruits? Joy, peace, Peace is rest. That's, a, that's another word for the rest. He's talking about having peace in every situation. Not being tired and weary of doing what He's called you to do. 
And we always think somebody else around us is going to help us. To It's already, always some, something out here that we end up blaming. Oh, if I didn't do this, or I didn't do this, or I didn't do that, or I didn't. No, it's within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Are you allowing the kingdom of God to operate out of you? And then he goes on and said, The bread which came down from heaven and your fathers did eat manna and are dead. And he that eateth this bread shall live forever. These are the things he said, Be in the synagogue and taught in the kernel. Many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Can anyone, can anyone hear it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured, he said unto them, Does this offend you? See, that's the problem. The, the truth offends so many people that they push it away. Because they see it as a burden. They see it as works. They see it as... Or they just see it, but they don't trust it. Or they don't believe it, or they don't mix it with faith. Or they said, I've, I've eaten that before and look at me. I've been eating that. Really? Because if you have, then the, is Jesus a liar? And he says, What if this, you shall see the Son of Man ascend to heaven where he was before? And the spirit that quickened the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So he explained, you don't have to, you know, eat me when they take me down off the cross. He's saying, I'm going to come and I'm going to have the words of life and the words of truth. But there are some of us that believe not. And anything you try to do, even the Bible outside of Him, outside of rest, no matter if it's the Word of God or not, it's all works. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who that would believe not and who should betray Him. And He said, Therefore, said unto you, that no man can come unto Me except it were given unto Him by the Father. From that time, many of His disciples went back and walked with Him no more with Him. Then Jesus unto the twelve, Will you go also? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, where will we go? Thou has the words of eternal life. He's like, where do I go now? Back to fishing? Back to my job? Back to my family? Back to this? Now that we've tasted? Now that we know the words of life? Now that we know the connection? Now that we believe the truth? Everybody keeps going back. He says, any man goes back, it's like a dog that goes back to its vomit. Anyone that goes back to, to thinking that they go back to the old things. He says, where are we going to go? There's nowhere else to go once you've met life. Because everything else is death. Life is the only choice now. Many people meet life, but they're living like they're dead. Because they keep going back to this, back to that. And the Bible calls them broken cisterns that never run dry. Back to this, back to the pride, back to this. When everything is in His rest... And then we think that it's everything else that's bothering us, but it's really us. We bother us because we're not resting. 
Because there's no way to live in this world without Him. And it's in Him everything becomes different. Jesus said, All you who are hungry and thirsty, come. We're the only ones that can eat and drink. It's not automatic. Joe nailed it when he prayed up here. Oh, we think automatically we, just because now we're going to be drinking. No. Jesus said, all you who are thirsty, come. See, there's a, there's, there's, there's a doing of, 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 of pressing after Him. Come, do your part. Is our part. Let's watch right here what He said to this woman. Then He went to the Samaria and called, um, John 4, 5-15. The parcel on the ground, and Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat on the wall, and it was about the sixth hour. So, he was resting. His body was tired, but he wasn't freaking out. See, he was just resting. Then comes a woman to draw water. And Jesus said unto her, Give me a drink. And his disciples were gone away and to the city to buy meat. Then he said, The woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask me, drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If thou, see, he was setting her up. God's setting you up today. Every time that you get thirsty. He's right there to set you up. Give me a drink. But you got nothing to give. Right? He's saying this. Give me to drink. He said, if you would know. Don't we know yet? Many people act like you don't even know that Jesus' living water is accessible right there. And you don't even have him fill your cup. He's right there. He said this to her. If you would know who was here before you. What gift of God stands before you? If you know us, the gift of God, who it is that saith to thee, give me a drink, you would have asked of him, and he would give you living water. He would give you living water. Don't you know that he is the well now. He just said, I am the well. I am the, I am the wellspring of life. If you look and read all the Bible, the Old Testament, and Psalms, I am the wellspring of life. And so many people look like they have no life. I am the wellspring of life. If you don't have no life, you're not getting a drink from me. He said, if you would know, have you forgotten who is the supplier? It's not your husband. It's not your wife. It's not your job. It's him. So if you're thirsty, get a drink. He's inside of you. A well springing up to everlasting life. He said, I am the well of salvation. It says, I will be in them, and they will be in me. And I will abide in them, and they will abide in me. And they will bear, bear much fruit, and that fruit, that will remain. So, ask by faith. Receive. Everyone's just saying, God. I'm like, are you, are you, are you, it's right there. When you know, it's like, he said, now the woman knows. Are you going to ask her, woman? Are you going to ask him? I mean, are you going to ask him? Now he said, and if you would have known, 
the gift that was in front of you, you would have asked. Are you asking Him? How many in this room, how many listening are asking Him? Or are you just expecting Him? He didn't say, expect me to do everything for you. Expect me to make you rest. He said, strive to enter in. He said, I am the rest. The rest now is up to you. I am the rest. Now the rest is up to you to enter in. See, the entering in is your deal. The entering in is your burden. He's, he'll take it, but you gotta, you got to connect and stay connected. You can't blame anything but Him. I mean, you can't blame anything but you. I didn't mean Him. You cannot blame anything but you, you being out of Him. Right? Well, you know I'm right because it says it right here. So she said, If you would have known, how many people are forgetting what you have? So many. If you spend one day in depression, you're forgetting the wellspring of life is inside of you. And that's what the devil will make you do. Because he's got you focusing on everything else. But what you need to do is just shut your eyes and focus on you. Get your eyes off your brother. Get your eyes off your situation. Get your eyes off of what could happen. Get your eyes off of your past. Get your eyes, just sometimes just close your eyes and then just pretend there's just light and focus on Him. Because He wants, He wants to partner with you. He wants to be acknowledged. He wants you to have faith. He wants you to believe. Because if you don't practice the presence of God, if you don't practice getting, if you don't, if you continue to run and get drinks everywhere else, he doesn't want to give you a drink. He doesn't want to be the second drink. He doesn't want to be the desperation drink. He wants to be your daily drink, your, mentally, your min, every minute drink. But we want to drink things that are poison practically. Things that drink a glass of water, an hour later you're going to be thirsty again. But the only way he can, you never be thirsty again, but many people get thirsty again, is you just keep drinking him. Just keep drinking it. And he says, would have asked and would give the... And the woman said unto him, Sir, I have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. From when thou hast thou this living water? Are you greater... Then our father Jacob, yes he is, which gave us this well and drank therefore, and the children and his cattle. Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up to everlasting life. Right? But you got to ask Him. You got to, you can have, there's wells all around. All around the place. Well, let's say there's no electricity anymore because that was the time living. But how do they get it? Right? We have a message about the wells of salvation too, but this one's different. Right? How do we do it? You got to pump the well. So, is that a work? 
Or is that relationship? It's called relationship pumps the well. Obedience pumps the well. Asking pumps the well. Seeking pumps the well. Believing pumps the well. All the other things move you away from the well. Murmuring, complaining, complacency, doubting, unbelief, resentment, wants, your own desires. They just start, you just walk away from the well. But by faith you pump the well. You believe in it. It's all in faith. Some of you go, uh, go to the well or Christ and ask amiss because you ask upon your own lusts and your own desires. You want your will, so you're not really surrendering to His will. And His first will is to deny yourself and pick up your cross so then you can live out your whole life in the will and purpose of God. But in James 4, it says, From whence wars and fightings among you come thence from even your lust, that war in your members. You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You, yea, ask and receive not. See, they say, you don't have it. And then there's scripture where Jesus says, you have not because you ask not. Now, if we keep asking and seeking and keep knocking, he says, does a good guy... Uh, guy come up and give the bread or whatever you keep asking and that's what that's part of that's not works that's relationship that's um, prayer you know so he's saying here you receive and he says you ask and you receive not before he says you have not because you ask not now he's saying you ask and you receive not because you ask amiss because you to consume it on your own lust you adulterous and adulterous, you know not the friendship of the world is separation from God. So you're like, He never leaves me and forsakes me. Yeah, but you're more friends with your own will, your own desires, more with the world than you are with God. Whosoever, and that's why you cannot rest in Him. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Do you think that the Scriptures say it in vain, the Spirit that dwells in us lusts to envy? But He giveth more grace. Wherefore we say, God resists the proud and gives grace unto the humble. There's the key right now to drink the water. Humility. Humility. Everyone wants to drink, but they also want to drink their own thing. Submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands and sinners and purify your hearts. You double-minded and be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves under the sight of the Lord and He shall lift you up. Speak not evil of one another, brother. He that speaks evil of his brother and judges his brother. Speaketh evil of the law and judge the law. But he, thou the judge, thou art a doer of the law, but a judge. Therefore, there's only one lawgiver that abide and save and to destroy. Who art thou that judge one another? Go now, go to now, yea, that say, today and tomorrow we will go to such a city. This is a part where I'm trying to get to because of our will. You can't drink his living water and, and want to live your own will. Because he says you ask and you ask amiss because your will is your own lust. What you do, what you say, where you go. 
See, you gotta, you got to already know that. And then when you have that and you know when you're in God's will, you can have faith. And when you're in faith, you can constantly be drinking. Because you know you're in right standing with God. But when you know deep down that you're not, you know no matter how much you try to drink, you know you really cannot drink worthily. Because you know that you're, something stops it there. It's almost like you start to pump the well, but it just can't go. It's stuck. It's not really stuck. You're stuck. Because you have your will in front of His way and His will. Or you want to make every, your will change everyone else's life. Go now and say, today or tomorrow I will go to this city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Where, as you know, not that you shall be tomorrow. For what is your life, even a vapor that appears a little time and vanishes away? For that thou art say, if the Lord wills, we shall live. And do this or do that. See, when we begin to, all those things spoken in that, we begin to stop drinking. Drinking is relationship. You can't, you can't stop drinking if you're one with the well. You don't even have to pump it anymore. You just drink. When you're in His perfect will and He's got His yoke on and His burden is light and you're in Christ, you're just, you can just drink. But now you rejoice in your boastings and, and such rejoicings. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, to him that know the will of God, to him that knows that they're supposed to do this and that, and doesn't it not, to him it is sin. So that's basically the biggest connection. It stops you from the will. So you need to fix the sin or eliminate the sin, which his blood does. You can't even do that, but just go to him and pick up where you left off or get his will back for your life. That's the great thing about grace. As long as you have breath, you can drink again tomorrow. You can drink again tonight. Why even wait? Right after this message, why don't you just drink? Decide once and for all. You're not going to try to change God's mind. You're not going to try to change His direction for your life. You're not going to try to change people, places, and things. You're just going to change. We must draw from the wells of salvation. That's just simply Jesus. The obstacles are what the enemy plants, but they're an illusion. If you allow them to be real, they will be. But Satan cannot do nothing but counterfeit or stop you or get you out of the way, your will, and then when you, and then you're like, this is too much because you have already allowed him to operate in your life. There's a difference between he will rescue me all the time. Yeah, he will, but it's if you decide to receive His grace and humble yourself. No, God will save me. I, I do what I... No, it's, it's like... You, you keep, that's what false grace is. False grace is thinking we have everything and doing our, living our own lives. But thinking what is written applies to us when it was really applied to us in Him. The Word of God is not for people that aren't in Him. It's for us in Him. So, and I'm just about done... If you're anxious, you're not, you, you are resisting the cross. If you're depressed, we're resisting the life in the cross, the bread and the water. We must make a declaration. There is nothing wrong with God's power and His blood. If, if, if it stopped, it's us. 
And don't let the enemy say that God's left you. No, you left Him. Just go right back. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Take that, whatever's in the way of that well, whatever's stopping that well, just remove it. And the well's there. He won't even remove you. You just won't, under, you won't, you won't have the benefits. He's still in you, but you're disconnected. So you're, you're not really connected. So He's there. The vine is there, but you're not connecting back in. You need to connect back in to Him. There's nothing wrong with God's power and His blood. You need to know this. It's the resistance of the submission and the surrender that, that gives the, the devil access in our life. The absence of fear is the recipe of peace. It's the absence of fear is the recipe of peace. The absence of fear is love. Perfect love casts out fear. God is love. So if you want to love, you cannot have fear. And if you have fear, you have torment. If you have torment, then you're not drinking from the well. There is joy in the surrender. There is joy in letting go. Letting go. Let go. Let go of your dreams. Let go of your wants. Let go of how you think things are supposed to be. Let go of trying to make those things the way you want them to be. He needs to be the leader. You cannot hold on to your will and hold on to His at the same time. Well, you got to let go of one of them. And many of us let go of His will trying to... And it's, it's not worth it. You're fighting the Creator. And yeah, God gives you mercy and He'll make a river in the desert, but why were you in the desert in the first place? What were you doing in the desert? Why are you always in the desert and He has to make a river, a miracle all the time just to make you know that He's still alive? Why not live at the well? Sit there and don't leave. Pump it every time you're thirsty. You'll never forget it because He is the well. If we're in the church, we're the body of Christ, then Jesus and the Holy Spirit is the head. Then we run to the body parts for help. All, the, all, we, do is need, all we need to do is submit to the head. And then we're connected back to the body. You can't even connect back to the body until you're really connected to the head. And that, all that is is, a, is, 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 this, is, is dysfunction. Will comes from the thoughts and the intentions. Two different wills will collide. And many people want to change God's will and you think He'll finally do it. No, that's what's wearying you out. You're not accepting His will or you're trying to change His will as you're doing His will but not resting in it. And emotions are soulish and are led. Our soul is needs to be led by our spirit. And our spirit is only in Him. He is spirit. If, you, if we think just going to church, we're being Him, that's not in Him. Going to a place doesn't make... That's a tradition. That's, a, that's something we do 
because we're edifying one another, but that's not, we're the pure, it's easier to be edified from one another when you're really connected in the spirit. It's hard to be, anything else it just turns into rebuke. It's true worship. That's what he ended up telling the woman at the thing. The, that's what he told her at the, he says, you come here and you worship at this well, and your forefathers did, it was Jacob's well, and this is the famous well, and you worship in places, in different churches or buildings or in the synagogue. But he says, now, now is the time when the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. That means the true worshipers will be connected to the well, and everything they do and say and wherever they go, they will be in worship because they will be in obedience and in God's will, and they will be living rivers of living water to other people. Because when you're producing living water out of your belly, that means he's, you're connected to Him in your soul. You're not needing it. You're actually, it's flowing through you all the time. Rivers of living water shall flow out of your belly. That's what He said. True worship. This is what He desires. To worship in spirit and in truth. Because if you're not connected to the well, you're just, you're worshiping in the flesh. What happens, Jesus allows us to have our own way resulting in these things. As the well, as sin, because resting in our right is sin. We lose, we need to lose desire. We, when we're out of Him, we lose desire, we lose hope, we lose joy, we lose peace. We become depressed, anxious, and tormented. And but you say, oh, but he's the living water. I have Jesus. Well, then, but then, let's see. Where's the fruit? Because he said, you will buy and your fruit that remains. We need to see it. People need to see it. God wants people to see him in you and lose his presence. This is the chastening of correction. This is great. This is his goodness that we miss him and he draws us to repentance. All those who come to me, I will give him rest for your soul. That's a promise. Believe it. Have faith in it. Come to him, not to anything else. And that's why people in the world, they end up having addictions. And it's because that is like their well. It's their broken sister, but tomorrow they need to do it again. Jesus became all those things that our, our flesh will desire. He can be in him. But if, you have, if you're in the flesh, you won't really desire that because whatever you're in, you're going to desire the elements of that. So when you're in the Spirit, you will desire to stay in the Spirit. But when you get out of the Spirit, it's going to be even harder for you and harder for you to, to desire the Spirit again because you're getting so far away because your flesh will begin to rule you. All those who come to me, I will give them rest for your soul. Everything else is a broken cistern. And you get thirsty and thirsty. Find rest in Him today. Everybody stand up. Find rest in Him today. In His ways. In His plans. In His will. This is where we find rest. In His bosom. At His feet. This is our promise. It's not a day. It's not a place. It's not the creation. It's the Creator. It's the one that made all things. 
the same God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Father, we ask you to teach us how to draw from you living water, God. Father, we ask you, Lord, everything that we do and everything that we say, everywhere that we go, we do it in you. You were not a man that you should lie. Father, we are been thirsty at times and we should not be. We've been in once and we should not be. Father, you supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus when we obey you and do what you tell us to do. So anything else out of you, we need to be confident in this one thing. He that began a good work and I shall complete it till the end. But we must stay in him. Father, we thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Greater is that well inside of us than that city water down the street. Better is that well inside of us than anything else we can drink or eat to try to satisfy our soul. Nothing will satisfy us. Father, teach us to rest in you, to take upon you. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. I have made your yoke heavy. I have made your burden heavy. Not you, God. In you is the truth. You, do, you are not a man that you should lie. We thank you, Father God, that we're going to enter into your rest this minute, this second, right now. And we're not going to leave your rest, God. We're going to rest in everything that we do, in our jobs, in our families, wherever we go, whatever we do, we're resting in you. It's not a place, it's not a day, it's you. We want to have rest in these last days. Father God, we're not going to meditate and let things and the things that are about to come into this world bring fear upon us. Fearing those things that are coming upon the earth. Because when we're resting in you, we are protected in you. We are hidden in you. In the cleft of the rock, we're hidden in Christ. Making no provisions for our flesh. The flesh is heavy, but your spirit is light. We want to walk in you. Walk in your will, your ways. Do not give negative agreement to the lies of the enemy. Do not give power to the devil who wants us to meditate out of your will. Exalting ourselves, our situations, our flesh, our emotions above the Word of God, above the river of living water. Let us be submerged into the Holy Spirit for all and all and once and for all, into the body of Christ, into to the blood of Jesus, drinking His blood and eating His flesh constantly, renewing our mind, constantly being led by the Spirit of God, constantly not just till Tuesday, but every day. But it's us that's in the way. Father, forgive us for blaming people, places and things, relationships, or this one or that one. Or if I was here or if I was there, oh God, it's wherever I go, your well is inside of me. It's my fault. If, I get, if the well stops, it's because I stopped pumping it. Right now, we activate everything by faith. Faith in your word. Faith in you. 
Any faith out of anything that's not you or your will is not faith at all. It's false faith. It's fleshly desires and it's vanity. Father, we pray that you bind your will to our minds. We bind our minds to the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is always doing what we're supposed to do in Him. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen.